Thank you for joining me on episode 81 of the Unique on a Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. Today, Christopher Trevette shares his story of overseas adoption. Even with a brain injury, cerebral palsy, a stutter, and even Crohn's disease, Christopher knows that God still has a plan and a purpose for him. Take a listen as he shares his story. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast, where we travel down to South Carolina, a gem of the United States. And we're going to talk to Christopher Trevette, who was born in Eastern Europe. And Christopher, I'm just excited that you're here today. Thank you for coming. Uh, thank you so much for allow for giving me the opportunity to be on your great podcast. Now, Christopher, I'm just a firm believer in that God has created us all unique on purpose, and God likes to take the the mess that's in our life in the pain, and he likes to bring about purpose, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about your story, your story of past pain, and how you're using it now uh, for God's purpose, but I just want you to start from the beginning. You were adopted from Eastern Europe, and there are a lot of people out there that have come to the United States that way, but I just want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and just share that story. All right. Yes, ma'am. Um, I, my journey begins 2,500 miles away in a small country called Eastern, uh, in, in Eastern Europe called Latvia. And see, I've never Latvia. heard of that. I've never heard of that country yeah. before. Okay, Latvia is right smack in the middle between um, Estonia. Estonia is on the bottom, and Lithuania is on top. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and Latvia also borders Russia, mm. or Russia. And um, uh, and uh, Latvia is also nestled on the Baltic Sea. Mm. Okay, the land size of Latvia is about the size of West Virginia. Um, oh wow! And it's the climate is probably a little bit colder than uh, West Virginia. You could probably call you know the climate's probably similar to. Maine or Nova Scotia, you know, oh. it's very cold. Okay. Um, because it's, um, so I was, um, and Latvia used to be a satellite nation of the Soviet Union from the 1950s into 1991 when, it, when Latvia gained its independence from, from the Soviet Union. Mm. And I was born in 1994. Okay, so shortly after. after. Yes. So that, you know, so that was, uh, you know, the climate, some some historical information for your listeners. Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll put like a map or something in the show notes. So if somebody wants to kind of look at that, I'll have something in the show notes. Yes. So I was born in a broken family. The only member of my family that I'm, know the name of is my mom. I don't know my dad's name. I don't know. I do not know if I was the only child, if I got biological siblings. I don't, I don't even know grandparents 
mm-hmm. you know, aunts or uncles. When I was born, my dad was not in the picture at all. And so my mom, you know, was just so stressed out that at six months old, there was a traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. on myself so bad that I had to have emergency brain surgery mm-hmm. and I lost a third of my brain on the right side of my brain on my head and I had surgery and they put me in an orphanage and they threw my my mom in jail mm. Now, why did they throw, I'm sorry to interrupt, why did they throw her in jail? Because of... Because of physical abuse. Oh, okay, so she, I'm sorry to, I feel so bad asking these questions, but that's why you're here, right? But she was the one that caused you to have to have brain surgery? Yes. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Um, The medical papers does not, they do not specify if I was dropped or, Mm. who knows, so... But, but, but I sustained physical abuse that I, that, that I, that they had to physically remove a third of my brain Mm -hmm. on the right side. Okay. And because of that abuse, I acquired, um, cerebral palsy. Oh, okay. In my, in my case. So, and so I got, you know, put in a orphanage at six months old all right Mm -hmm. you know that was the best that the devil could do you know i believe the bible does say that man that is born of a woman is full of uh, is full of few days and full of trouble romans chapter 8 verse 28 says for we know that all things work together for good that's the bad that's the ugly. Mm-hmm. So coming back to the United States in the summer, in the spring of '95, uh, there was a uh, a mission trip that they were planning a uh, planning with uh, Baptist with Baptist International Missions International out of Tennessee. And a, a particular uh, grandfather was planning on going. And he was ra- raising money and stuff. On Thanksgiving weekend of 1995, him and his cousin went deer hunting. And, his, uh, and the grandfather was coming back from scouting. And the cousin mistaken him for a deer and shot him, Mm -hmm. killed him. Mm -hmm. His final dream of going on a mission trip should have died with him. Right. But God, but God pressed on his, on his wife and kids to go in this place. Mm -hmm. At the funeral, at the funeral, the family did not ask for flowers. They asked for money so that they could print additional Bibles mm. for the mission trip. 
they were able to raise an additional 10,000 Bibles from the funeral. So on the mission trip was planned for March of 96, 1996. And, and, they, and they went for two weeks, and they were able to give out the Latin people their very first Bibles on the street. Wow. There are pictures and there are stories of, of uh, 40, 50, 60-year-old people kissing the Bible for the very first time, crying because they've only had, you know, you know, a page tucked under their bed mm-hmm. for 40 years. Right, because they came but from a communist Russia, part yeah. of the Soviet Union. They were never allowed to have anything religious. Right. And now they do. And, mm. Right, yes. And on the mission trip, all the ladies wanted to go visit a local orphanage on a particular day. And, uh, and they... And so they uh, brought brought on a mission trip a small suitcase of candy bracelets. And so the ladies, uh, and so the ladies on the mission trip, they go to they go to the orphanage and pass out candy bracelets. And it was like Christmas Christmas morning mm-hmm. to the children of just receiving a candy bracelet, a simple candy bracelet. And all the ladies' hearts were touched, but only one lady's heart was changed. Mm-hmm. And and so the ladies just hugged and uh, you know and kissed you know the kids' um, faces for that one day. And they come back, and uh, and this one lady, you know, begins to ask God. What else, What more do you want me to do? And God told her, I want you to adopt. And so this, and so this young lady, she has to talk to her, her husband, mm-hmm. and her husband agrees. And so, and so, and so this young lady comes, comes and uh, and finds. A, 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 a adoption agency and they uh, and they talk for briefly and they uh, and then they get down to business and they are and she asks so who is available to adopt from from Latvia and the uh, and the agent on the line on the other side of the line says we have the, the first option is this 13-year-old lady, a uh, teenage lady. Her name is Alexandria. She has been, uh, she has been looked at th- by three different families, and she has been rejected three different times of being adopted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this young lady says, okay, we will, uh, we will take her because 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 we have two teenage daughters of our own. So she will fit very nicely 
for us. And so, and they were about to hang up the phone. And, and this young lady says, is there anybody else by chance? And you can almost hear the rustling of papers on the agent's desk. And she was like, um, yeah, here, uh, here we go. We have this, we have this little boy. He is, he's uh, four years old. He's got, he's got cerebral palsy. He can't walk. He can't talk very well. His name is Yuri. And the young lady said, yeah, sounds like a, a, uh, a perfect match. Mm-hmm. That was me. Mm-hmm. And to give a little insight of the orphanage life that I lived was um, when I got adopted at four years old, I weighed 18 pounds. Oh, wow. I weighed as much as a six-year-old baby. Mm-hmm. And you might ask, you know, how is that possible? Well, at this particular orphanage that I, that I lived for for three and a half years, there were seven ladies that 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 had to um, that had to um, take care of 120 kids. Wow! Seven days, seven days a week, mm-hmm. 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. and so they and so they most likely did 12 hour shifts, and so and so they and so they would have to do you know, um, do, um, big meals and to speed up the process for the toddlers, they would make, you know, a decent meal of, of, let's just say, you know, pot roast, green beans and mashed potatoes. They would take, they would cook that and then they would take that meal and put it in a blender and blend it up and put and put that meal in a baby bottle mm-hmm. and they would give it that and they would give it to anybody that was six years or younger okay and so i had you know food from a baby bottle for four years mm-hmm and then also, in orphanages, there was a great deal of embezzlement. Uh, they would get yearly donations for Christmas. People would people would eagerly uh, give 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 orphanages toys, toys and clothes and blankets, and the staff would allow the uh, the the kids to have the Christmas presents for about a week. And then the ladies after a week would just take the toys, the clothes, the blankets home to their own children. And we would never see the, 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 the kind donations ever again. So this was kind of, this orphanage was really corrupt is really what it was. Yes. Okay. Yes. So now, Very correct. so now you get matched with this woman. 
you're only, would you say 16 pounds? Is that what you said? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so you're 16 pounds, and the adoption process, that was the 90s. Was it as complex as as it is now? Or was it easy for I, her to, to bring you back to the States? It was probably just as complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very expensive okay. as well. And, um, and I'm told that, that, that whatever adoption papers, um, financially was all paid for by church donations. Oh, wow. Praise the Lord. So did you, when you then came to the United States, did you know what was happening when she brought you over? No. No. Not really. I I mean I, I was four years old. Mm-hmm. They came it took about a year and a half for all the paperwork to get finalized. I tell you this too, even the plane tickets were paid for. Nice. Um you know, and that's right there is you know, three thousand dollars back mm-hmm. in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So um God provided every step of the way they came this uh uh, this young lady came back to latvia in the in march of 1998 to uh to a pick to a pick up alexandria and myself Mm -hmm. when they actually came to pick me up from the orphanage they actually had a bring bring clothes for myself because they wanted to keep the very clothes that, were on that your I was back. wearing Jeez. on my back. Wow. I mean, I guess that shouldn't surprise me, but I guess I wouldn't have thought of that. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So now um, they pick you up and you're headed back to the States. What, um, ha- what happens next? Can I tell you a, 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 a quick story on um, the very first meal out of the orphanage was McDonald's. Mm-hmm. My new mom ordered me a double cheeseburger and a small fry. Was this still I in the country? It. Was this still in the same yes. country? Okay. Yes. Um, they, they, they had McDonald's in a third world country of Latvia, mm-hmm. which is just... And uh, my very first meal was a double cheeseburger and fries. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much that they had to order me a second double cheeseburger. Was that weird um, for you because you were so used to everything ground up and now you're actually eating something the way it's normally yes. consumed? How weird was that for you? I, I believe I believe I was in total shock and, you know, and I just wanted more, mm-hmm. you know, because because I wasn't sucking on a baby bottle right you know mm-hmm. and so and then also i was so full of energy that i was on a plane ride of 12 hours i never sat still mm-hmm. on the plane so i came to america in march of 98 i got my own i got my very own bedroom for the very first time oh that had to have been weird and Yes, and um, I had 
the coolest bedroom ever. Um, <laughs> um, the theme of my bedroom was race cars. Mm. Um, because my dad, my new dad, built race cars for a living. Wow. Um, and so the room was, was painted royal blue. I had checkered flag um, curtains. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then he also, he, uh, he also built a handmade race car bed. Mm-hmm. So um, are you overwhelmed so, now walking into this room that's all yours yeah. and it's decorated, I mean, with colors? Because the orphanage yeah. that you came from was probably just drab. Bland, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then how, I mean, obviously you're happy, but is there a sense of overwhelm? Yes. I did not leave my bedroom for three days. Because you loved it so much? I loved it so much. And um, <laughs> um, um, my mom and dad would try to come get me for meal times. Mm-hmm. And then they would try to use my new sisters. And I was just, you know, I would shake my head or, you know, or just or, or just ignore them mm-hmm. because I just because I because I felt like that they were gonna just take me away mm. and you know and just you know lock me away in the orphanage again. Okay. Did they know this? So, Did they understand that when they were trying to get you out of your room? I think so. Yeah. And so they just and so they were just patient, and then I just finally got hungry enough <laughs> that I just came. <laughs> You know, came out, you know, to the kitchen table. It sounded, and, sounds like they should have gotten you some more McDonald's at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now, was um, there a language barrier? Or did they teach you not, some sort of English? I learned English, English pretty quickly because, mm-hmm. because I was just so young. Um, there was definitely a language barrier with my new half-sister, Alexandria, because she was 13 years old, you know, and, she was, and so she was fluent. Yeah. And in, uh, in Russian, in Russian. Mm-hmm. So, but there was not a uh, very strong um, language barrier for, for me. Growing up, I did have to take speech therapy. Yeah. Because, because my uh, speech impediment was so much stronger Mm -hmm. um back then Mm -hmm. so i got adopted i went do do you have any more questions about that time period um no i say we move on all right um so i started public school and so um i always wanted to be the class clown and so that just and so that has obviously just gotten me in trouble right and so they actually pulled me out of public school at the end of fourth grade. And at 10 years old, they started homeschooling me. Mm-hmm. I actually did ACE, Accelerated Christian Education, um, which, which, is, which is phenomenal um, homeschool curriculum mm-hmm. for your listeners. And that only worked for about six months. Um, 
you know, because, you know, you know, because I just went back to my old ways of just not listening. I just wanting, wanting to do things my way. And so my, and so my parents had to, you know, they were at the wit's end, you know, of me not listening, you know, of, of me just, of me purposely falling behind in schoolwork, you know, you know, I'm, and so they, and so they started looking for a boarding school, uh, um, preferably a Christian boarding school. And so they were able to find Victoria's Valley Homes in South Carolina. And so they uh, took me to this boarding school at 11 years old, and they dropped me off. And I have not lived with my parents uh, since since I was 11. Since right. I was 11 years old. So I'm going to stop so. you right there. You went to boarding school at age 11. Did you feel that either A, you were being abandoned or B, that some way, somehow, even at 11 years old, you're going back to the orphanage or this was that feeling of going back to the orphanage? No, okay. I did not. Um, which is really surprising. I, I was just so outgoing and I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, um, all these people are just, you know, so, you know, so friendly and, you know, you know, so friendly. And I got, you know, I get to meet all these people because, because at this boarding school, there were 20 other, roughly around 20 other uh, young men there. Okay. So this um, was a boys then, boarding school? Yes. And, the, and there was actually um, a, a girl side too. There were, around 40 other young ladies, mm-hmm. um, teenage ladies, okay, which I was not able to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, Understandably, yeah. Yeah. Now, but, yes. Oh, I was just going to say, now, is that, isn't that where you found Jesus, was this boarding school? Yes. Okay, so tell me um, about that. It, um, I was there for about a year and a half until... I came to Jesus Christ at a uh, at a uh, youth camp there on, on the grounds. Um, I came to Jesus Christ on June twentieth, two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. I went to the boarding school on August sixth, two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. So, so it took you know ten months of of uh, devotions of preaching of a Bible, a Bible memorization, I guess, to get to my, my stubborn heart. Mm-hmm. That was at age 12. At age 14, my mom and dad made the decision to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, they told me, of what really happened to me, um, because growing up, I was told that I was just in a bad car wreck. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was not mature enough. Got it. To, and so, and so then I just, and so that's when all the emotions of abandonment, abandonment, of rejection, started to creep in. Mm. And you know, of like you know of 
of like I just get adopted and then my adopted family is breaking up again. Yeah. Like, and so that was at age 14. At age 15, God, God started the press on my heart of, of, of the call to preach. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God, and God, and God had to work on me for about six months of just kindly reminding me of, of his purpose for me. Yeah. So um, let's talk about that a little bit. You're feeling this call to preach. You're 15 years old. Did you ever, so in that six month time period where you're wrestling with God, are you sitting here going, Lord, a third of my brain's gone. I have cerebral palsy. I have a stutter. I've been adopted. I can't do this. Yes. Okay. And he just, and he just said, uh, turn to the book of Exodus and look at Moses. Mm. You know, look at Moses. Who had a stutter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and God, and God, and God even told him, hey, I send your brother with you too, and he can speak for you. Mm-hmm. And you never see once where, where Moses' brother spoke to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. It was Moses always doing the speaking. Mm-hmm. And then just, I mean, he also gave me the story of, uh, of Joseph, of how, of how his family rejected him, and how he just, and how Joseph just was uh, was sent to Egypt, you know, and uh, and so, um, and then too, in First Corinthians, God, God, uh, God gave me the verse of of um, that my strength. Is made perfect in weakness, mm-hmm. you know, and and so God just wanted to tell me, you know, say, hey, you know, you might be weak physically, but but if you allow me to work through you, you know, I'll I'll, I'll make you strong. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Do Do you have any more questions? Yeah. No, I I want to know. I, I want to move forward now of, okay, you get this call at 15, you've wrestled with it. Now that you're older, what are you doing to, to try and fulfill that call? I just go, um, I just tell people my story mm-hmm. through, uh, through, through, through whatever churches will allow me to come and through podcasts and just, you know, uh, whatever way God um, whatever God, whatever whatever way God sees fit. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. So in First Corinthians, there's a verse that says that uh, I'm going to read it through uh, from the New Living Translation. It says, "God chooses things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise, and He chooses things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful." I mean, do you feel like that is you? Here you are, yeah. and 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 I'm not trying to 
diminish you because that's not that's that's not it at all. But what the world may see is something foolish of somebody with a brain injury, cerebral palsy, a stutter that would actually feel this call to preach. There are people out there that would say, well, <laughs> that's foolish. But do you feel as though God wants to use your life to uh, to shame the wise in a sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. God. God has a tendency to use the most obscure, weirdest people to do to do his greatest work. Mm-hmm. You know, the world expects you know God to use the most intellect. You know, the most the most strongest, physically the most brightest. Um, but throughout the Bible, God just uses. You know, he uses the shyest people, the weakest people. He he uses he uses the sick people. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring out, you know, his power, his glory. That just you know that that makes the lost just say, "Wow, if God if God can use, uh, you know, somebody that weak, God." must love me that much mm-hmm. with all the worldly wisdom that I have that, you know, that, you know, I should give Jesus a try. Yeah. Right. Because it's so, like if, if people are looking at their lives and sometimes they just feel as though they're so unworthy, but then when they see that, wow, God, if you're going to use someone like that, you can also use me too. Who would have thought? Right. Yes. Right. Well, Chris, Christopher, I have one more question that really doesn't have anything to do with your future. And I, that is my prayer for you, that God would use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I believe that he wants to do that through you and that he wants to take the pain of what you went through in your past and he wants to bring glory to his name. But something I have to ask, have you ever thought about doing a DNA test to find out if you do have siblings or if your biological father or somebody some sort of relative is alive around the world. No, I haven't. I really have not, you know, thought about that. Um, I was just curious, like know, as you were talking. Yeah, um, it's it's nothing personal. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just God not giving me that desire to mm. to try to yeah, you know, to try to find out mm-hmm. about my past. Yeah, you know. Um, no, and I think that's cool, and I think that that shows the security that you have. I know there are a lot of people that have been adopted that really struggle with that and want to know, but it seems as though, and and not that those other people that I'm talking about, their bio, their adoptive parents did a bad right. job. They, they, I'm sure they did a wonderful job, but it just sounds as though your parents helped you to be feel somewhat secure, and I think, of course, your outgoing personality kind of helped with that, too. Yes, yeah. It, it, it's just you have to just you have to let God tell you who you are. You, you know, yes. um, the book of if you if you really want to know who you are in Christ, read the book of Ephesians. You know, and and that. And to understand who you are in Christ, mm-hmm. 
the book of Ephesians is a perfect book. You know, I get you know to give you the confidence. Mm. You know, uh, you know, of just to say that was the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, let me learn from my past. Um, I tell people that life gives you that life gives you limits, and you have to decide what you want to do with with the limits that life gives you. Right. You can make you 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 can take those lemons and become a lemon head. Mm-hmm. You know, of where nobody wants to be around you. Mm-hmm. You know, because lemon heads are sour and tart, and mm. you know they're yeah they're not pleasant. You right. know, um, or or you can take those those same lemons of life and make them good old-fashioned lemonade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, lemonade is sweet. It's very refreshing. And that's what I have chosen to do with my life is that I want to be a refreshment, mm-hmm. you know, for Christ. Well, good for you. Um, I also want to say this. The week of my 19th birthday, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. It's you just know, one thing after another for you, huh? Yeah, that, I mean, it's, you know, you know, more lemons, mm-hmm. you know, and, and through everything in life, you know, you know, God's teaching me, you might be, you might be in America, but you still need to have self-discipline. Yeah. First, uh, you know, Second Corinthians chapter ten talks about how how we are supposed to take captive of every thought mm-hmm. to the obedience of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we are supposed to cast down every imagination mm-hmm. and every stronghold. You know, your life your life is all about your mindset. You know whose mindset are are you going to allow to rule your everyday life? Right, right. So, yeah. See, you're um, preaching already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. I know that's not easy to kind of live through all of that pain, but my prayer is is that someone is able to just really be touched by your story and understand that yes god wants to take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise and it really in a sense it humbles us so thank you so much for being here today um one closing word i have is revelation chapter 12 verse 3 i believe says and they overcame him Mm -hmm. talking about the devil and they overcame him by the word of their testimony. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing every time that I give my testimony is that I'm overcoming uh, uh, I'm, I'm overcoming the devil. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that what I'm doing spiritually is I'm just going up to the devil and I'm just giving him a black eye mm-hmm. of telling others of what Christ did for me. That's so true. Awesome. I love it.
for listening to today's episode of the Unique on Purpose podcast. I hope a Christopher story gives you hope, whether it's in your life or the life of someone that you love. No matter your struggles, God still has a purpose for you. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you next time.